bad feeling about this. It wasn't funny, man. What have we done? What are you looking at, butthead? Oh, you some coffee? You want some coffee? Game on, old friend. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Cinephile Saturdays. It's your buddy, always collecting something better known as Steve. Today we're going to be continuing our Halloween Horror Month and uh, slashing away with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This episode is brought to you by Ballet Ready and the NerdCon 1 channel. If you like anything you hear from this episode, go to www.nerdcon1.com. Let's get it rolling. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about that lovable skin-wearing chainsaw fetishist, Leatherface, um, who's really just a misunderstood guy. You know, it's not his fault he's a mongoloid killing machine. I know, don't you love that? <laughs> Doesn't matter what that was. That was a private moment between me and my producer, Nick. Deal with it. You guys will never know and it'll drive you crazy. So we're going to be starting this off with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 from 1986, starring uh, Bill Johnson as Leatherface and uh, Dennis Hopper, rest in peace, as Lefty, Caroline Williams as Stretch, and Bill Mosley as Chop Top. was directed by Toby Hooper, who uh, co-wrote and directed the original one in 1984. Um, this one's my favorite because it throws in the camp even though uh, the black comedy was definitely in the first one, you just probably weren't paying attention to it enough because it was horrifying. But um, so this movie, I give a whopping 10 out of 10 because it's my favorite in the series. Um, after this episode, uh, <laughs> we're going to schedule it to post. So I actually post it boys and girls. Uh, my full list of recommendations and ratings on how I feel uh, this franchise went. I do have to say, overall, as a franchise, I think um, it's one of the more solid um, horror franchises because uh, you definitely, even with some of the really core guys, um, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, you definitely got some shit ones in there. And it happens. It, it tends to, you know, it's, I like to call it the sci-fi syndrome when you oversaturate and stop giving a shit about quality, just pumping things out. Cause I mean, if you look at most of the Friday the 13th and the early ones, they just came out like, ba bam, ba bam, ba bam, ba bam, right after each other. And the same thing happened with uh, a few of the Freddy Krueger ones. And I mean, you rush things, they're shit. It happens. But you know, what are you going to do? Oh, Child's Play is another good one. There's a couple of real stinkers in there. Three and four. No, three and five. Four was wonderful. Four was Bride of Chucky. I love when they added in the camp in that one. Big fan of campy horror. It's fun. Very different than B-horror. Know your shit. So, um... Da, 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 da. um in this one, they, they dive more into the, the family and the cook. Um winning their chili contest. It's all about the meat prime meat. Um, and, uh, you know, one of their kills is, uh, in the beginning of the movie, these two really douchey waspy frat boys 
and um, they end up getting all hacked and slashed while they're calling into Stretch, played by Caroline Williams' radio station, uh, her little talk show midnight hour thing to play music. And um, so it all gets recorded where those guys die, and then um, Lefty, played by Dennis Hopper, um, is the father of some of the kids killed in the original one. So he's back around trying to avenge them and find out what's going on. Uh, his daughter, I believe. Um, it was actually supposed to be a plot line that um, Caroline Williams' character Stretch was supposed to be Lefty's illegitimate daughter, but they ended up dumping that one. Um, so Chop Top. Great, great character. We're going to have a nice little clip of him up in the top here for you to watch um, where his uh, introduction is. Um, definitely one of my favorite Bill Mosley characters, and he's played a lot of great ones. Uh, another one is uh, one of the Largo kids from uh, Repo the Genetic Opera. I love that one. Um, Bill Mosley has said that um, Chop Top is his favorite role, and I can totally understand why. It is completely frantic and insane um, when he's first introduced, and he's just sitting there scratching under his wig at his metal plate with the damn uh, coat hanger. Like, that's fucking genius. That's that's just so wonderful. Um, so, Bill Johnson, uh, I feel, um, evolved the character a little bit with... Uh, making him a little bit more kind of human, but also more crazy, uh, where Gunnar Hansen, uh, was just, you know, straight super butcher, um, which wasn't bad. That was goddamn glorious, but we'll begin to talk about that eventually. So there's this famous photo that they used for the promo and, uh, movie poster, everything where all the characters are just sitting there together. Um, they were actually in the same positioning as the breakfast club, uh, which I always found to be pretty funny. I'm sure it was intentional, but, um, yeah, that was just, that's just wonderful. It's a very wholesome moment right there. Um, <laughs> so, um, Dennis Hopper is definitely said, that this was the worst film he'd ever been in. Um, but he also said that about Super Mario Brothers years later, which, um, I mean, he's crazy. He did such a good job in this movie. Um, I love when he's going to pick up all the chainsaws and shit to save Stretch after he used her for bait <laughs> to, to catch everybody. Um, and he's just sitting there and he's just chopping away, you know, testing um, the chainsaws outside after he just laid down a bunch of money in front of the, 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 the shop owner and just went and grabbed a bunch that he wanted. And he had this really fucking huge one. And he's just, you know, chopping away at this log outside when the guy wanted him to test them just to make sure and blah, blah, blah. And you got the shop owner in the background all just like, oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> and I, just, I don't know what about that scene. It's just it's a real great Dennis Hopper scene for me. Um, it definitely was kind of an out there role for Dennis Hopper when you look at all the other stuff that he's done. But, um, 
Gonna just move that back a bit so Steve stops smacking it. <laughs> um, and a, a rest in peace to Dennis Hopper. I don't know if I said that earlier, but he passed away. Which uh, bums me out because I've met Bill Mosley, Bill Johnson, Caroline Williams. They're all nice people. Um, Bill Mosley once gave me oatmeal raisin cookies when I met him. Um, because uh, right as I walked up to his booth after waiting in line, someone called him away as I started talking. He was like, oh, shit, wait. And then when he came back, he had a bag of oatmeal raisin cookies. And he's like, I'm really sorry about that. I didn't mean to cut you off and run away, but um, I needed these cookies and I had to talk to my agent for a second. I'm like, that's fine. Don't worry about it, man. Like <laughs> I wasn't upset or anything. But he's like, do you want an oatmeal raisin cookie? So he gave me one and. It was a damn good oatmeal raisin cookie. Um, yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, real friendly. I feel most horror actors, honestly, are real uh, friendly um, in real life. I haven't met Anna. I haven't met any grumpy or shitty ones ever. And I've been going to horror conventions for years with my wife. Um, everybody's super nice. Like really, really, really nice. Even though. Uh, the, the, the year we got engaged and the year we got married before we went there, uh, you know, we were obviously happy and telling people and like everyone's like trying to give us like free autographs and shit. And like we couldn't tell them no and pay for it. Like we weren't trying to get free shit. We were just excited and like we weren't expecting free shit. It was just like, you know, if someone wanted to write a nice message after we bought the autograph. So we got a bunch of cool ones that, you know, um, Amy Steele did a real nice one from uh Friday the 13th part two. Um, it was the big German version of the poster, uh, 13 gun. And, uh, she put a big heart on there and did, you know, first year and everything. It was, she was such a sweet lady, but, uh, man, why didn't I talk about that last week on Friday the 13th? What the fuck? <laughs> we got to bring it up on the Texas chainsaw. So, um, Oh, excuse me. So, uh, for those not 100% familiar with the lore of Texas Chainsaw, um, it is about the Sawyer and then Hewitt family. Um, I'm not sure why they change it. Um, I think it was Thomas Sawyer when he uh, originally, and then they changed it to Jedediah Hewitt. Um Honestly, not sure. Maybe they just wanted to refresh it for like the prequel and the reboot and stuff. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Either way. Weird name. Backwater. So they're a family of cannibals and Leatherface cuts people's faces off, wears them as flesh masks and likes to chainsaw the shit out of people because he used to work at a... Um, meat packing plant, you know, a slaughterhouse. And basically, uh, the town ended up drying up. Um, slaughterhouse closed down. Everybody just kind of up and ditched out. So the last family there, uh, <clears throat> killed the last sheriff that was in town, uh, took over cause it was just them and started killing and eating people. So they'd never go hungry again. Um, so definitely in this one is one of the 
I'm going to say most iconic lines from the franchise, the saw is family, um, which I love. Uh, the cook, Jim Sidow, uh, says that to Leatherface when he gives him this really, really, really fancy chainsaw. Um, this is also Jim Sadow's last film, Rest in Peace. He played the cook and also the old man in the first. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the Saw's family, got another fun clip of that whole scene, right? Uh, popping up there for uh, all you ladies and gentlemen, aliens and monsters, ghouls and goblins. God, I love Halloween. Um, so just going to let that clip roll out for a little bit. And uh, I'm going to talk about another part that I really love in it. Um, so Chop Top is the brother of the Hitcher, played by Edwin Neal from the first one. Um, they were Vietnam vets, and they actually have uh, his corpse down there at one point when he pulls a grenade off it. Um, it was just so insane. They lived under this crazy, like, catacombs and shit. It was ridiculous. It was, it was a weird turn for the movie, but I liked where Toby Hooper went with it. It was fun. It was definitely fun. Um, now, while I know he didn't write this one, he directed the hell out of it. So, we're going to be rolling right on over here to... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake from 2002. Wait, 2003. My writing is that horrible. Remember, Steve's dumb, guys. Um, so we're going to rock this one out with a 9.5 out of 10 because uh, it was just a real nice, fresh update from the original. And uh, while I have the original score to the same, I like the remake a little bit more because of Arlie Ermey. Uh, rest in peace who played Sheriff Hoyt um, anything that man is in is just practically gold um, if you're not familiar with Arlie Ermey you are insane uh, he was in 7 Full Metal Jacket and he also played Sarge in Toy Story uh, which was definitely a real fun role for him he always played these real hard ass shit brick piece of fucking asshole characters that were just Dicks, you know, come on, the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, Sheriff Hoyt. Um, that it was nice to see him as Sarge in a role that was more of his actual personality. Um, because he was a really good guy. Um, I never had the pleasure of meeting him, but I have not heard anything bad about him. He was a real good guy. So the remake was directed by Marcus Nispel, starring Jessica Beal as Aaron, Arlie Ermey as Sheriff Hoyt. And Aaron Biernarski, Biernarski, I can't pronounce this, I'm sorry, it's a real tough last name, but he played Thomas Hewitt and Leatherface in it. Um, I, uh, you know, yeah, this was definitely more of a remake than a reboot. Yeah, and it was a good one. I gotta say, they did a real, real good job with it, um... The uh, I knew it was going to be a fucking perfect movie from the time that they picked up the hitchhiking girl and it just all went downhill from there after this fun, happy-go-lucky uh, start and everything. And we're going to be seeing a little clip of that whole scene while I chit-chat about this. Um, 
which is just, oh, dude, it's so fucked up. So crazy when she just blows her brains out all over the back window. Just there's the tone of the movie. Like that's when everything just really switches is when they pick her up and she just starts freaking out. But I mean, the shit she had to deal with. Come on. It's fucking insane. Um, so uh, another one of the one of the characters in the movie, Pepper, was played by Erica Lershin. Lershin. Um, when she auditioned, she actually screamed so loudly that people in other parts of the building called the police thinking that a woman was being attacked. And um, she definitely let out some blood curdling screams in the movie. Um, she did a good job. They all did a really good job. You know, there was definitely some stuff that they changed from the old ones. Um, but, uh, oh yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, it follows the same story. A bunch of friends out on a road trip and stuff. Um, they were down in Mexico. Uh, they're bringing like two pounds of weed back with them cause it's Mexico and it's cheap. And, uh, they're driving through Texas. They pick up this hitchhiker girl. And, uh, yeah, after that, they got to find the town. They got the dead body. They got to deal with the sheriff. And that's when it all just goes to hell. I mean, if you've seen the movie, I don't need to talk too much about it. It's pretty much the same as the old one. If you've only seen the old one in the remake, but, um, yeah, so Lauren German originally tried out for Aaron Jessica's Beale's role, but she ended up getting the part of the hitchhiker, which she did a good job as the hitchhiker, and I'm much happier with Jessica Beale in the role because I just love Jessica Beale. She is adorable and a wonderful actress. Um, while she's been in some stinkers of movies, she's always done a pretty good job. So, you know, it's not her fault that a movie's crap. Stealth. Um... <laughs> But uh, we're going to take a quick second, and we're going to hear an uh, ad read from our sponsors. Be right back with you for Texas Chainsaw Remake. All right, guys, and we are back. Thanks for sticking with me through that ad break. I know it was painful, but it's an information that you definitely need to know. But I know any time away from me is horrible, so here we go, guys. Continuing with our horror month, back to Texas Chainsaw. Uh, before the break, we were talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake from 2003, uh, starring Jessica Biel, Arlie Ermey, and Andrew Bjarnarski. I'm going to just keep fucking up. It is Bjarnarski, Bryniarski, Bryniarski. I'm just going to stop with that one. Either way, Andrew, you did a great job as leather for you to do that. So um, Gunnar Hansen was asked to do a cameo in the end of the film as the trucker um, that would have rescued uh, Aaron, Jessica Biel's character. Um, it's been a bit since I watched the remake, and I was starting to watch it uh, last night. Uh, didn't get through all of it, so I can't quite remember, but I don't recall him ending up doing that. I'm not sure why, but... Uh, yeah, if someone wants to chime in and let me know because, well, I'll probably check by the end of this podcast because I can't recall, um, <laughs> but that's okay. So, uh, Andrew, um, as you can tell, uh, Leatherface was, uh, quite big in this one. Not so much, uh, exactly muscular and bulky, but, um, definitely heavy set. And, uh, Andrew got up to 300 pounds on a diet of white bread and brisket 
to prepare for the role, which definitely turned out really good. Uh, he's definitely a tall guy. Um, actually, we mentioned him in an earlier podcast. He was in Street Fighter, the movie from 1994 with Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's all coming together, all coming together full circle, guys. But he played Zangief, um, so you can definitely tell the guy is not like fat, but he definitely got heavy for this one, which was great because he did a really good leather face. He also played him in Texas Chainsaw at the beginning, the prequel that we're going to be talking about uh, later on in this podcast. Um, definitely a good leather face. I got to say that um, they, 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 they definitely chose a lot of good people to play Leatherface because um, even in the next movie, 3D, that I'm going to talk about that I wasn't really a fan of... Uh, He still the the guy that played Leatherface was still good. That's where I'm pretty much trying to get at. So, um, mm-hmm. all right, just gonna be uh, moving on to our next Ugh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D, one of the more recent in the franchise from 2013. Um, wasn't really a fan of this one. Wasn't really a fan of it all. I give it a 4 out of 10. Um, it was starring uh, Alexandra Daddario as Heather. Uh, Tanya Raymond, Raymondi, Raymondi as Nikki. And Scott Eastwood as Carl. Also had Trey Songs in it. Not a fan of Trey Songs music. Not a fan of Trey Songs acting. Um, wasn't sad when his character died. Can't remember his character's name. Wasn't a fan of the movie. But Dan Yeager, who played Leatherface. (coughs) Damn this October air clogging up all my freaking sinuses. It's fun when you only get, when you don't get allergies and only winter. It's wonderful. I love this shit. Um, Met Dan Yeager. Tall guy. Uh, tallest person to play Leatherface at 6'6". Very nice gentleman. Had him sign uh, this art print that I had of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, great guy. Um, so uh, in this one, uh, Bill Mosley is in it. Uh, they actually have a few people uh, from the original. They got uh, Gunnar Hansen's in it. Um, Marilyn Burns and... Uh, Bill Mosley. So you got three people from the original movies in this one. Um, it just uh, gives me a headache just thinking about this damn movie. So in this one, in the beginning, they show the um, Hewitt family having a uh, showdown with the police where it just turns into a damn massacre where the police just open fire and just kill them all pretty much except uh, a well, just a couple didn't die, but Bill Mosley plays the cook in this one uh, from the originals, and he did a great job. I loved it. Um, this one was actually a direct sequel to the one from 1990, I mean, from 1974, uh, ignoring all the other ones. Um, I'm not exactly sure why, but this was, uh, this turned out to be Gunnar Hansen's last film, Rest in Peace, and... Um, 
uh, I was very sad. I was supposed to meet Gunnar Hansen um, at my annual horror convention, and he ended up canceling two weeks beforehand and passed away a few days after. And that was just a fucking killer, man. Like, that dude was horror royalty. I mean, Leatherface helped set the tone for an entire new uh, genre of horror. And you can't deny it. I mean, I know there's people that don't like the original one, which I don't get. Like, it's just so fucking good. Um, Now, Texas Chainsaw 3D, not so fucking good. Not so fucking good at all. But, um, now there is some good stuff. There is some good stuff. Uh, Alexandra Daddario does a mediocre job of acting. Actually, everybody in this pretty much does a really shitty fucking job at acting. I don't know what the hell they were doing. Uh, besides the people that had cameos and um, like a few extra people, like all the main characters were pretty bad, except Tanya Raimondi. Um, I've been a fan of her for a while. She was in Malcolm in the Middle. Um, I forget her character's name, but she wore like the three pigtails and she was in that weird like Brainiac class that he was in. Um and I always, uh, I always liked the character. I was a big Malcolm in the Middle fan, still am. Um, so I was happy to see her in this. I didn't realize it was her at first because I hadn't seen her uh, act for a while. I mostly watched her when she was like a kid and younger acting. And then uh, after Malcolm in the Middle, I saw her in a couple things, but she was still like kind of young. So when I saw her as a doll, I like thought she looked familiar, but I didn't think so. So anyways. Uh, Alexandra Daddario was adopted and stuff, and she gets this letter from, like, uh, her great aunt or some shit that she's never heard of, and it's like, oh, I'm leaving you this house and all this stuff, blah, 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 so, um, they go to this place, and she's supposed to open this, um, letter that this lawyer gave her, and it was explaining that, you know, Leatherface was in living in the basement, basically, and it was her cousin, and it's just, uh, uh, just the plot for this was so fucking stupid. I don't know who the hell wrote it, but or who the hell approved it, but like, uh, the director John Lucenhop did a pretty good job. I mean, the 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 direction was was okay, but. Overall, the plot was just kind of bland and boring, and it's, like, one of the lowest-rated ones. Um, I know a few people who like it, and I think they're fucking crazy. If you like it, good for you. I'm not a fan. But, um, yeah, there's just, there's, there's, uh, there is some good stuff to it. We're going to see a clip from it uh, real quick in a second. The Slice of Revenge, when uh, Alexandra, at the end, after all of her friends are dead... She's running for her life and hiding out in the old slaughterhouse and she ends up, uh, you know, attacking him and getting him and then getting away. And then like, uh, I forget who the hell pops up to try to attack Leatherface, but you know, he's attacking him. I think it might be like cop or something. I can't really remember. I've only seen this one like twice and the second time was just like, Hey, maybe I'll like it better this time. Nope. Um, but that's okay. Uh, like I said, Dan Yeager did a great job. Leatherface was awesome with it. Um, 
there was one part where uh, Trey Songs is trying to get away in their little like van thing, and uh, Leatherface pops out, slices one of the tires, and you know tears that up, and then the dude just keeps driving away, and then all of a sudden the van flips over, and that's pretty that's pretty cool. Um, but just even if the movie was tolerable, there's this one part at the end where um, Heather is like fuck it Leatherface even though you just killed all of my friends and everything that meant something to me in the world oh let me slide you my chainsaw do your thing cause just kills it for me like that line just just why it was literally one of like the cheesiest stupidest fucking lines I've ever heard so then you know he hacks up the guy that's like attacking him and then they go back to the house and she puts him in the basement and locks up and then she goes about her business in the house and it's just, I don't understand the premise of this movie. I'm probably going to go home and watch it later today just to shit on it again because I'm talking about it. But, hey, whatever. This one's a 4 out of 10. Uh, Leatherface was great. So, you know, it's got something. There's some good kills, but... Overall, most of the main characters, like I said, the acting's bad, the writing's bad, the plot's bad. Uh, and then there's just some stupid 3D stuff they try to throw in. Uh, there was one cool thing when he's, like, chasing them, and they end up, like, running through this, like, carnival, and he, like, throws his chainsaw like a goddamn boomerang to try to get her. And that was kind of cool. You know, you can see the chainsaw, like, obviously can't watch 3D. But it was fun. But the movie sucked. Uh, so, you know, some cool stuff. Crap overall. Anyways, moving on. We are going to be sliding on down to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original from 1974, starring Leatherface. Uh, well, Gunnar Hansen's Leatherface is directed by Toby Hooper, also starring Marilyn Burns, rest in peace, uh, Jim Sadow, rest in peace, and Edwin Neal. Um who played the hitchhiker in the original one that they picked up. Uh, that was just real creepy. And, oh, God, man. Like, I remember watching the original one as a kid when I was, like, I'm going to say about 10. Um, we'd just gotten, like, satellite TV for the first time, direct TV when I was a kid, when we moved back from Florida. And, uh... They gave us all these, like, you know, HBO free view for, like, three months and this and that and everything. So, I remember watching, I think, on, like, Stars or HBO or some shit. And, uh, man, the first time I watched it, I couldn't get through it. It was so fucking violent. And I had not watched horror movies that fucking violent before yet. Um, so, I ended up watching it again later and finished it. And that was just so fucking scary. Oh, man, like, I was a little bitch as a kid. I loved watching horror, but I was such a little bitch. You know, it would take me, like, three watches just to get through a whole one, because I'd be like, oh, my God, it's so gross. Um, so this one's got a 9.5 out of 10 from Steve, because uh, it's legendary, it's iconic, it's great. Um, it was a uh, low budget, originally had, I think, uh, only a budget of, like, $60,000, but... Um, Ended up getting, uh, winding up to be 140. Um, so, I mean, that was probably, a, I feel like that was a lot back in, um, 1974, but still, 
You know, I mean, they. So, yeah, everything about this was just a, a, a prime movie. You, you can't go wrong. If you're a fan of like real violent horror, horror in general, if you haven't seen the original, I definitely, definitely recommend it. It's going to stick with you. Um, now, in the remake and in this one, John Larroquette, um, who I feel everybody should be familiar with, but look him up if you're not. Uh, so he did the uh, intro narration in the original film, which he has been quoted as saying that he was paid um, one marijuana joint for doing that. Um, but I mean, he was completely unknown back then, but it was really cool. Like I honestly thought that they just, um, ripped the original, uh, narration from the old one. But when I found out it was John Larroquette still, like I was pretty happy about that. I, I like John Larroquette. He's a, he's a good actor. Um, so, um, in this, you know, there was, you know, a written out thing for uh, Leatherface, but Toby Hooper allowed Gunnar Hansen to develop the character as he wanted. Um, you know, and that's where you see all the real, probably a little creepy stuff about Leatherface come out throughout the movie. Um, now, towards, uh, I feel this has one of the best endings in. Um, horror movies just the whole way they do it um we're gonna pop a clip up there for you and um you can enjoy with me but um so you know once everybody's dead and everything they got um you know the final girl um Marilyn Burns uh chained to like a big like slaughter tub I guess and uh you know they're gonna have like a little feed the family thing and so um, there's, you know, grandpa who's like decayed there and the rest of the family, uh, the whole place just looks so creepy. The whole dinner setup is just fucked up and they're eating her friends. And, uh, when she ends up escaping and bursting through the window, they used a stunt actress for that. But when, uh, Marilyn Burns, uh, had to do the scene where she like dropped to the ground so they could, you know, cut everything together properly to make it look like it was actually her. She ended up, I think, fucking up her ankle when she just had to drop out of a window. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, Gunnar Hansen had to wear three inch heels to make him, you know, really taller than everybody else. Um, and even with those three inch heels, uh, back then at the end of the movie, when he's chasing Marilyn Burns, he could still catch up to her pretty freaking easily, even wearing this, uh, because, you know, they had her running real crazy and dramatic and stuff. Um, but he had to do things, uh, during that final scene to like slow himself down. So that's why you see him like, uh, cutting up branches and doing the crazy stuff that he did behind her while he was running. So he wouldn't catch up with her too soon because she had to get away. And when uh, he's chasing her through all the overgrowth and stuff, she ends up getting cut up real bad. And a lot of those were actually real wounds from her running through that overgrowth. So a lot of the blood that was on her and her clothes were actually a lot of it was her. She got really cut up bad doing that. But um, 
even with all like the fake blood and everything, because her outfit just keeps getting bloodier and bloodier and bloodier and bloodier and bloodier the whole time. By the end of filming, it was literally just stiff. Her clothes had no movement to it because it was so soaked with fake blood, real blood, everything. It was just literally like a brick on her. And oh, Jesus. I could not imagine running around with all that. Um, so when the movie originally was released, um, people walked out of like the previews for it and stuff and like screenings and everything because it was so horrifying. And, you know, back then there was just a whole different sense to things and we've come a long way. And I feel that a lot of people are just desensitized to it because I don't hear about people walking out of movies because they're too horrifying anymore. But back then you didn't have anything like this. You know, there, there was, there was this, this was the first of an iconic genre, the, the slasher genre, you know, which got evolved more by John Carpenter and Michael Myers, uh, Robert England and Freddy Krueger. Definitely. Um, which I'm really glad for that. Uh, I think that. Freddy Krueger definitely changed the slasher genre. Like Robert England, when he when they added in the campiness and everything to it, and he really got to flesh out the personality of Freddy Krueger, like that really changed it up. Because I mean, look at all the other guys. You got Leatherface running around, incoherent grunts and screams. Uh, Michael Myers doesn't talk. Jason doesn't talk. You know, like he was the only one that really like got in there and like <clears throat> had the funny little quips and fucked with his kills and everything, which was great. But when you want good old splatter gore. You come to Texas Chainsaw. We're going to take a quick moment to hear from our sponsors and a little ad read. I'll be back with you guys soon. All right, ghouls, goblins, freaks, and weirdos. We are back from our sponsor break. And uh, we're just wrapping up talking about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. And we are going to be moving on to... Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, the prequel from 2006, which I was kind of nervous about when it was first coming out because I'm like, man, I don't know, sometimes prequels fuck stuff up, but woo. So we got Jordana Brewster as Chrissy, Matt Bauer as Aaron, uh, Taylor Handley as Dean, uh, also um, Andrew starring as Leatherface and Arlie Ermey. Um, Really glad to see him as Hoyt back in this one. It made sense because they were trying to, you know, connect everything together. And upon watching it when it first came out, ooh, ooh, I was so happy with it. I was so happy. They did such a wonderful job um, between the casting and the plot and how they started it all off showing the uh, slaughterhouse closing down and Leatherface's uh, first kills. Um well, first kills for that time. They ended up making uh, another prequel called Leatherface in 2017, which showed him as a, <clears throat> which showed him as like a preteen, uh, which was all right, but uh, they could have done better with that one. But getting back to this good one, so um, uh, at one point in the movie, um, Eric. Uh, played by Matt B Bomber. Yeah, Bomber. B-O-M-E-R. Uh, is getting a saran wrap wrapped all around his head um, by Arlie Ermey's character, Sheriff Hoyt. 
And um, that was always one of my favorite scenes because it was just fucking scary because no one wants to suffocate. Um, so found out when I was researching for this that that was real saran wrap and they were really covering the dude's face to make it look real. So whenever he was like having like a hard time breathing, he was supposed to clack his knees together and they would cut the shit off real quick. Um, but Arlie Ermey was real concerned for Matt the entire time they were doing that scene. Cause I mean, that's frightening shit. I, there is no way you could let a motherfucker saran wrap my face. That's just not happening. Like that's too fucking scary. You want to throw a bunch of money at me? No, not, not down with that one. <laughs> Um, so, um, another great scene that always stuck with me was the cow scene. And if you're familiar with the movie, well, if you're not familiar with the movie, it's about these two brothers and their girlfriends. Um, the older brother, Eric is supposed to be going back to reenlist to go back to Vietnam. Um, and his younger brother, Dean is supposed to be going to enlist with him to go for his first time. Uh, Dean and his girlfriend have other plans. They're going to burn his draft card and go down to Mexico. Um, they're not telling Eric because they're sure he'll freak out, but they end up telling uh, Jordana, um, whose character is Christy. Uh, if you're not familiar with her, she was Mia in the Fast and the Furious movies. Um, so they end up getting into this like altercation with uh, some bikers at a truck stop or a little convenience store, and one of them like chases them down this chick and like tries to rob them, and that's where their whole introduction with Sheriff Holt is. But... You know, while they're trying to get away from this crazy chick on this bike with like a shotgun who's trying to take shots at them, they end up hitting a cow. It explodes everywhere. Uh, car flips and all that. Um, so I always kind of wondered how they did that. I know movie magic's cool, but um, turns out it was a fiberglass cow that they just filled with fake blood, fake entrails, and fake bones, and then they just screwed it together in place so when you know you hit it it just boom everywhere genius it was wonderful it looks so great and that's where the movie really comes to a header uh that's where the tone sets and the tone shifts uh they start moving into the second act of it where um these kids get brought back uh after sheriff holt shoots the biker they get he he arrests all of them and brings him back to his place and that's where the torture and fun begins um now uh, so uh the mpaa the motion picture association of america gave this movie an nc-17 rating they had to edit down 17 scenes to get it to an r rating um it was also the first movie to receive Iceland's 18 rating. So I think that that's a really big, cool thing to talk about right there is, um, you know, taking a quick pause. I know how we're going to end this. Did I, did I talk? No, we didn't put up the Texas Chainsaw Massacre ending from 1974. I forgot to talk about that. So we'll go back to that real quick and show that. Um, all right, cool. So, <clears throat> yeah, this movie was gory as hell. That's pretty much where I'm getting at, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so we're starting to wind things down here, and I felt that a good way to... I'm in to look at all of our sexy faces. 
Uh, all right, guys, uh, that's going to be it for me and for Cinephile Saturdays. Cut. Cut. <laughs>